Too often, I think people feel like the necessary route they have to take is, is through leadership. And I think we need to give more permission to people to find an alternate route, to keep creating if that's where their heart is. Welcome to Real Creative Leadership, a place where creative leaders can find insights and practical guidance on the day-to-day job of being a creative leader. We focus on real issues, topics, and insights of creativity in the business world. Join me as we explore the best strategies for developing your team, getting others to embrace your vision, and generating amazing experiences. This webinar series is produced by The Stoke Group. I'm your host, Adam Morgan, Adobe Executive Creative Director and author of Sorry Spot Emotions Drive Business. And this is Real Creative Leadership. Hello and welcome to Real Creative Leadership. Excited to have you here. This is season two, episode 12, and we've got a great show today. So we've all experienced a ton of change over the past few years, and creativity is always about making something great, but sometimes we have to do that even when we're constrained or there's built-in friction in the process. Today, we're going to be talking with Jason Sperling to learn how he's creatively adapted in his career and grown his creative leadership, even when it's challenging. We were talking earlier, and I was like, I like this idea of like, at odds. So things that are at odds. And that's definitely where we're going to be going with this with this uh, session is how do you find that creativity and the positivity, even when there are things that normally seem like they're they're not positive or they're not great. So we're going to talk with him. Jason is currently the uh, global executive creative director at Reality Labs. He's worked in advertising and marketing over the past two decades, developing great work that includes uh, work for Apple, Honda, TikTok, Amazon, Disney, Pixar, and UNICEF worldwide. What a great lineup. And among his most notable achievements are the Apple's Mac versus PC campaign, which totally impacted my career. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. So I'm super excited to talk to Jason about that. And we'll get into that later. But he also had five Super Bowl ads that have appeared on the all-time best lists. So we're excited to talk about that a little bit. And then finally, Jason has written a book recently about creative leadership. And that's why we're here on Real Creative Leadership, because that's an important aspect of of what he's written on, which is making that leap from a senior creative into a management position. So we'd like to welcome Jason to the show, Real Creative Leadership. Glad to have you. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it and, uh, and happy to be here. Excellent. Well, let's just jump right in. Um, let's talk about your career first. It's nice to have a little bit of background from you of what you've done and where you've come from and how you've come up with all these great ideas. So we'd love to hear a little bit more about your journey, whether that's the early stuff, the later stuff, just give us a, a little bit of context of who you are. Um, I, uh, I didn't necessarily know um, I was inherently creative uh, coming out of college. And to be honest, I, I didn't know what commercial creativity was either, uh, that it was an actual career path. Uh, it was right around the time that, that 30 something uh, was, a sh- was a show on TV and, and they were two guys in advertising who played, you know, had a basketball hoop in the office and, you know, um, they made it seem like it was a fun career. Um, I had, I had written on the high school paper and I had written on the the college paper, uh, but I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I ended up at UCLA, there was a job board and there was a, um, an ad for a job that was marketing and selling condoms. Um, And I thought, well, seems, seems lucrative, uh, for a college student. So I called it and it ended up being the, the right contact at the wrong job. It was for a a creative intern job. 
at uh, at a at a newspaper in LA, and so I ended up um, going in, taking the job, and really learning about you know the creative aspects of um, well in publishing, but like making ads and 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 understanding more uh, you know about design. Um, and, and so I, I realized that, okay, there is indeed a path here, uh, went into, you know, tried, uh, getting into art schools, um, with a very limited portfolio and, uh, and ultimately I got into one, um, uh, called the Academy of Art in San Francisco. And, uh, they immediately, what I came to learn in that school was that it's, it's really what you put in. It is not, you know, um, the, you know, on full of standouts, but it really like there were people that were incredibly driven that did incredible things. And so I went there, um, uh, you know, probably stressed more than any other student at that school about, you know, am I going to have a job coming out of this? Are my parents going to see this as a complete waste of money? Um, Cause it was still art school, which in my family, you know, carried a stigma uh, and, um, an English degree, right? Where it's like, what are you going to actually do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but that's still like a you know a BFA or or, 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 or you know um, this this was the less of a of an applicable like sort of like well paying job. You know, I think they thought I was going to be you know smoking cigarettes in the back of a coffee house. You know, just typing typing away. Um, and, uh, and after school ended, I, uh, I ended up uh, getting a job at a small agency in San Francisco. Um, that was uh, my introduction to advertising. And I should say I went into advertising, uh, went in with a copywriter uh, background because my first class, uh, they told me, um, your art direction is killing you, but your copy is okay. And I should note too, that I actually had one teacher as well I mean, it was, it was definitely a, you know, they, they ground you down and wanted to get you ready for the real world. Uh, and I had one teacher, uh, our work, we were presenting work and he actually, um, went to my piece specifically and said, how many of you like this? And, uh, nobody besides one merciful person in the class raised their hand. And he said, no, it's horrible. It's shit. And he actually lit it on fire and put it in the trash can. Um, so that was sort of the training ground. Then my first job, I work for this absolute madman of, a, of an agency owner um, who would uh, basically patrol the hallways with a joint in his mouth, invite people to get high at the end of every day, uh, dress people down pretty constantly, um, you know, telling people, you know, if, if you didn't want to get high with them, don't be a bitch. Uh, I, it was like a, an insane ex experience, uh, you know, drug dealers coming by selling him drugs and him coming in late at night with, uh, with people that weren't his wife and, um, wild. It was just wild. And oh, that's the era eighties and nineties that are not going to happen ever again. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, who, you, who the hell knows, but I, I hope not. Um, because that was, that was a really odd training ground. Um, but it does actually, uh, you know, you, you form some tight bonds with your coworkers just because you're all sort of like in this, in this together in the trenches. Um, so anyway, and, and after that, it was, it was small agencies and, um, uh, fear started to set in that I wouldn't be able to actually, uh, reach, 
you know, sort of the plateaus that, that I had dreamed of in school. Um, you know, that it, when, when I was looking through all of the, the uh, award books of, of the best work and all those agencies, I was, I was sort of dreaming to go. I just didn't have the portfolio that, you know, that would get me there. I just wasn't getting the, the, the opportunities. There are so many people who wonder if they're ever going to make it. And when we see a rock star like you in the industry, who's, you know, created some iconic campaigns and things, it's just really interesting to hear that we all start in the same spot. We all start out of school doing condom ads, you know, maybe not all of us, but let's talk a little bit about this. Cause you brought up some, just in that story, it brings up the point of, of uh, friction and that in our creative worlds, there are a lot of good, I think there's a great Ted talk I listened to once about how like the box is important, like living within a box to have constraints before you can make something great is critical. And so having some of these moments in your career of, a friction where it's like it was you had to scratch your way up to the top you had to scratch your way you know to get into the right agencies or get the right work talk to me about you know how does friction help us grow creatively in your perspective well i mean the, I, the those struggles they force you to be um really innovative or or um tenacious more so than you probably uh would have to um i feel like that type of friction is is ultimately at play here when we're especially in marketing where we're we're in a culture where you know we're easily ignored we're easily opted out of um, uh, and it it really forces us to be you know it becomes a forcing function to be more ingenious uh, and and to, to you know to figure out uh, ways to in essence not do what we do. Um, you know, to, to eliminate the tropes and the conceits that we've, we've all learned and, you know, find other ways, other points of connection. And now, you know, obviously in your career, you've gone from those, those early, you know, early friction moments and gone on to do some great work. But the other thing that, that I want to just transition to right now is your book, um, because yeah. I think there's a lot to learn from that as well. Many of us in the industry had to go through that whole passage of, all right, I've been doing really, really good at the craft. I'm, you know, getting recognition. People are seeing me as a great writer or designer, or videographer, whatever that may be. But then you look up to management and it just, there's this huge chasm. And I think, at least for me early on, I didn't understand how big of a, a gap there was there. And so there were some painful moments in realizing that I wasn't ready for it even though, you know, everyone thinks, oh, I'm the creative director. I can call the shots. I know what I'm doing. So I'm really interested to hear, like, for, let's, let's talk more about your book. Cause there's, there is some creative friction in there of like trying to make that, that, that jump. So what are some of the notable takeaways? Why did you write it? What were your, what, what motivated you to help share that with, with the world? And then what can we, what are some, just some, some insights in the book that we can share? Well, one of the insights is actually the, the sort of principal insight, which is, if making things makes you happy, then keep making things uh, when you become a leader. And that's actually a really healthy thing to do when you still have that itch to be making things, but, but you're now at a stage of your career where you're uh, supposed to be championing others and, and, and letting them do the, the bulk of the work. And so it was something that, that I felt like I needed to, you know, cathartic and needed to be doing something it was obvious to me that, that we are wired differently. We're not your typical sort of corporate uh, person uh, and that um, we're 
we're suddenly at that point in our career when we've had success doing basically our art uh, that we're, we're raised up to a level where we're doing something completely different, where we're leading, uh, which is uh, a completely different skill set. And it's something that's not necessarily uh, innate to us. Um, you know, in marketing, uh, you know, creative people, we often, um, you know, spend time uh, locked in a room thinking of ideas. Uh, we're not necessarily involved in the broader corporate culture. Uh, and, um, you know, we're suddenly thrust into a management, uh, a management position where we're really, we're part of now of like a leadership culture. We've made it a point in our careers to really point the spotlight on ourselves because that is essentially how you get ahead in, in creativity uh, and creative careers. And then suddenly we're asked to now put the spotlight on others, which is a really, really hard thing to do um, because so much of our, of our ego and, and self-identity is wrapped up in, um, in our talent, in our art. You know, I mean, we, we go through dark periods of when we're making things with, you know, filled with self-doubt that ultimately once we've like solved it, it's like, ah, oh, and suddenly you go through a, a period of like, I'm amazing. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm way better than I thought I was. Um, so anyway, it was a combination of, of uh, this sort of this need for, for something that wasn't there. I mean, there's a million uh, management books out there, but none really skewed towards the creative mind. Um, and it just felt like, uh, based on our skills, based on our wiring, based on the fact that, you know, we're coming, we're coming at this from a disadvantage from on our back foot, you know, because we haven't gone to business school, we haven't, you know, been, you know, uh, what we've been doing, the skills we've been learning haven't been leading up to this, they've been wholly separate. Uh, it just felt like a natural thing to do. And I was at a conference, uh, when um, when it sort of dawned on me, there was a, a panel there, um, and uh, on the panel, someone made the um, connection of uh, you get better training uh, for a management position in a fast food restaurant than you do in an advertising agency, and that really resonated because uh, having come, you know, at some point in my career, they just said you're going to become a creative director. Great, you know uh well deserved uh and there was no training that went along with it you know there was there was uh really just like do what we do um and uh and it was a, a totally different job um and so that's when the, the light bulb went off that huh i think this is this is possibly a worthwhile thing um and then the the thing that i wanted to make sure that i did with it is not necessarily reduce it down to my my field of vision. Um, you know, marketing is is just one of many many uh, commercial creative careers. Uh, you know, there's there's production and and um, design of you know any number of design, industrial and architecture, and uh, you know a number of creative careers that that this is applicable to, and so. I felt like in order to, to widen that aperture and, and for people to see that how it, you know, connected back to them was to bring in other voices. 
And so uh, I was able to bring in um, some really um, amazing people, idols of mine, some of them, um, uh, directors like Ava DuVernay and um, Joe Russo, who directed the Avengers movies, um, uh, um, you know, people from you know, Apple, Google, uh, Disney, um, uh, huge leaders from, you know, from marketing, um, people from, uh, from TV production as well. Um, where it's it's really interesting hearing hearing their perspectives. You know, the head of uh, the executive producer on Rick and Morty shared stories about you know basically in his position he's got to run a writers room where, as he puts it, it's basically uh, an entire room filled with the people who are voted class clown in their high school that you have to wrangle uh, some pretty fragile egos as they're throwing jokes out some land with a thud and and you know really you know you, you have to you have to figure out how do you lift people up when um when it when it's not working uh you know in that in that really like boiler room kind of um environment that's a lot of great stuff i hope everyone's listening along for all of that i, I want to <laughs> jump back a little bit you've gone through so many different things that i want to unpack a little bit but first i have to say the hilarious part is and we talked about this earlier that same conference where you heard the comment yes. about you get better uh, better training at a, at a fast food joint than at an ad agency. I was at that same conference with you. And I think it's no surprise that, you know, where real creative leadership has come from, not just that, but it, it had been something that was on my mind as well, that, you know, we we struggle in this industry that we, we don't have good guidance. We don't have a, a, a user manual of how to, you know, jump into a leadership position. So I appreciate that and, and I feel like there are probably more out there that are having the same thoughts as you and I, um, that there's got to be some more guidance. And so taking the time to write a book or create a, a show, I think is awesome for us to get engaged with other people out there because that's, it is a major problem. Like you start with all those soft skills, you like calling the creative cave. Like you're just, you, your career gets better by you focusing in that flow state and just like really focusing on the art or the writing in your quiet moments and then also you hit that moment where it's like, that's not what's going to push you forward. You have to do other things like the leadership, the soft skills, all of those things. So it's challenging. It's challenging. So I think this is a real good discussion from your perspective of, and as you went out and interviewed all these other people in other industries of like how they do it, how do you lead teams? How do you, you know, manage to the individual rather than to a big group? I think those are all awesome things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, tell us a little bit more than about that. Like, like, let's talk about how do you create some of that in your team right now, hmm. how are you creating the right environment or how do you like, just tell us about some of the things that you do today to help encourage uh, people on your team to grow and, and get to that point. That would be awesome to hear. It's, it's an interesting transition. Um, having been in, in agency culture and going into more of a, a corporate culture, hmm. um, you know, it's the tech space, but this is a really mature tech company uh, and, um, you know, they have a lot of, uh, you know, policy and training and, um, and one thing that, that actually is really healthy about it. And, and I continue to grow too, and understand, um, you know, they, they have a huge, uh, feedback, um, program where there's a lot of feedback given, um, uh, both ways. It's very reflective. Um, and it happens, uh, um, on a regular basis. 
so that you're really getting um, a sense of uh, their satisfaction, um, you know, their sort of state of mind and where they, you know, where they feel like they are and where they want to be, um, uh, you know, and, and just a better understanding. Um, you know, it's a little more fast and loose at, you know, you know, in my, my agency days, um, uh, here it's, it's, it, it really is, um, taken pretty seriously. Uh, you know, it's this, this place is, um, what I found too, is it's, it's, it's a very democratic culture, uh, more so than, than I've ever experienced. Coming from agency, that's interesting. As you normally think the agency is wild west, where it's all the, you know, the the people doing crazy stuff. But hearing that it's more democratic, that's fascinating. I mean, it's it's democratic in the sense that a lot of people uh, are, are given the chance to really like give their input, um, share their thoughts, you know, and and we as leaders um, entertain uh, thoughts from a much wider swath of people. It's mm -hmm. you know, it's. Um, and, and it might just be more the culture uh, and not necessarily myself, you know, where it's like you, you, um, you want to hear where those, you know, where, where um, you know, what people have to say. And even though they're not necessarily, you know, creative isn't in their title, you want to hear um, because there's so many cross-functional partners. I mean, one thing that's really interesting about this job is, is that, you know, uh, whereas, you know, being at an agency or being at a design firm or being at um, uh, a, a production company, I guess, you know, you're, you are primarily um, doing your art, you know, your craft, uh, and you're working with clients. And now going into the client side, you primarily are a product company with a marketing arm. So you really become a specialist uh, but not necessarily the all-star, you know, the all-stars are the ones who are the, who are coding, um, you know, for, for the apps or who are making the incredible, you know, VR technology that goes into, into quest. Um, so you're there doing your thing, but you're not necessarily, um, you know, that, that standout. Um, so there's a little bit more humility in it. Um, and it means that there's just a lot more partners and voices. That that you have to that you have to listen to and 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 take note of, um, you know, having having been a leader where, you know, I, I really um, have always wanted to hear from people, have wanted to hear you know dissenting views just as much as I want to hear agreement. Um, you know, I I love a culture like this. I just think what at the end of the day, what's so key is while we have a really democratic way of doing things. You, you want at the end of the day, uh, a benevolent dictatorship, you know, where it's like someone is going to come in and um, be a strong, decisive decision maker. Uh, because ultimately, if, if you don't, I just feel like it, it just leads to, to swirl and, and, and chaos. I mean, I, I find it fascinating that it's almost a, a sign of a, like a more mature creative company when they allow, you know, people to mingle into areas that they're not normal is, is not normally their specialty. Meaning we're here trying to tell creatives like step it up, become a better creative leader. And you do that by learning to speak business and learning to understand other aspects, soft skills, like we've talked about, right. you know, and make that jump to the, to the, to creative leader. You've got to have some of those skills. 
And yet there's this, this inclination from some creative people to be like, oh, you're not a creative. Don't tell me, you know, don't get in my business. You may be a marketer or a whatever, you know, a different right. a financial person. Well, you're right. saying that de democracy is really good because ideas can come from everywhere and you have to be really, truly open to that. And not just in theory, but in practicality. And I think that's really nice because they have to be able to welcome us to the business side. We need to welcome them to the creative side. Yeah. And that shows the maturity of, a, of an organization. Well, let's skip. There's one other area I want to talk about. Um, and you touched on this in early on, which is a little bit about the ego of a creative, you know, and they're moving, you know, from one world to the next. And it's like, you know, I'm so great today because I did this awesome ad. And then the next, you know, two weeks later, you're like, I'm the worst on the planet because what have I, you know, what have I done lately? But I'd love to talk a little bit more about like, so how do we deal with that psychology of like, as you grow in your career, like we're all, we all do it. We all do it. Like you think you're the best, you think you're the worst. How do we, how do we kind of level that out a little bit more? What are some of the things that are the tips that you can give our listeners to help them think, okay, I, I, I still have value regardless of these up and downs that, that I get with the creative work. I mean, I think a few things. One is you, it, it, it's, it's absolutely learned. I think that you can't necessarily like teach it out of someone, you know, those you, you have, you have to give permission for those feelings and it's feelings that we all, we all have. Um, and it's natural. And, and in some ways it's a driver, you know, I mean, we've all had that, like, you know, at the 11th hour, haven't gotten anything and you've, you know, you're pushing yourself so hard and you have that moment of, of that stroke of genius. So it's not all bad, but I feel like as a leader, what you want to do is minimize exacerbating it. You want to find ways to mitigate it, in my personal opinion. And I, and I see so much in a lot of creative uh, environments that there is this, this atmosphere of, um, you know, if you don't get it right, you know, if, if you don't have any value, then, you know, you, we can, you can be replaced. Um, you know, there's a, uh, I remember, you know, I've, I've, I've had a lot of, uh, creative leaders who, um, you know, they, they push you through fear and, and driving anxiety and pitting you against other, other people. And, um, if you win, you win, if you don't, you know, you're, you're, you're thought of as, as a loser. Um, and, and that is, that's an ego killer. That is, a um, crushing. And I've always wanted to try and eliminate as much of that as possible because we've already got that. It's, it's just, it's innate to who we are. And so I, my goal is to try and take as much of that off the table of, of fear of losing my job, fear of being irrelevant, fear of, of someone else, you know, winning the pitch versus me, um, fear of not being the favorite, um, take that off the table and, and just be creative. Um, and, and hopefully you've got people who are innately driven, um, to want to do this, this stuff that, you know, it, it doesn't take a huge push, mm -hmm. you know? And so, so yeah, I mean, trying to, trying to, you know, I, I try and be as supportive as I can be, um, uh, I try and acknowledge feelings for sure. Um, you know, some days are, are rough and, 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 um, and, you know, 
when it when it doesn't go someone's way, um, you know, to be to be there for them versus punish them for it. I I love this. I just want to jump in a minute because there's there are a few stories Please that we we'll quickly share. I think between the two of us is like for me starting out. It, it was like we would have. I was working on the Intel account, and it was like working on TV spots, and there would be like ten teams all battling it out in this huge, you know, battle royale to see who got the the best spot approved by the client. But there were a lot of those feelings of, yeah, people would hide work from each other. They weren't open. There was like a lot of internal competition that was just gone too far. And I think later on now, as I'm running teams, I have those same feelings of like, I want to give some ownership to each of the teams. They don't feel like they have to, you know, scrap it out to get some recognition. Otherwise they're worthless. And then they didn't get, you know, they didn't win. And so they're, 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 lame but I, I think you had some there were some stories i read from you doing the same thing during the uh, you know just the round after round after round of going through those mac versus pc ads that it, it sure there were great things that came out of it but the process of getting there is, is pretty rough yeah it, it really that 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 place had no problem uh, i shouldn't say that place because i i don't i don't want to necessarily uh trash trash an agency but i do I do think the way that things were run back then, it was a little bit more of a, um, you know, we're going to push you to the brink. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, because that was, it was, it was somehow, it was in some ways we were mirroring the culture of Apple um, and mirroring in some ways the Steve Jobs sort of mentality of like, get it right. If you don't, I don't need you. Um, you know, it, it was, was kind of a little bit of that, you know, and, and somewhat cruel, but, but, you know, I can't help but acknowledge the, the man's genius. Um, you know, the hope was to, to sort of bring that environment to, to the team. And we, you know, because of the way things were run and there was no big strategy machine on the Apple side, um, there was, there was Steve with, here's my proclamation. Here's what I want. Go make it. Um, you were creative. People were carrying the burden of helping him arrive at strategy. So you would go round after round with here's the work and he would go, none of that works, but, um, now I know it's not that, <laughs> which is great. I'll know it when I, I see it. So happy to help. Uh, but it was, you know, there was a cadence to what we did. It was like every Wednesday, you know, we'd bring stuff up the mountain to, you know, and, and then bring it back down with the sort of like decree of he liked it, he hated it. This is on life support. Everything else is dead. And, and people over the course of months were just getting worn out, um, you know, losing, losing hope. Because, you know, we, we did a lot of, uh, you know, we brought in a lot of work and um, sometimes you knew right away that this was the favorite. And so you felt like, all right, well, I'm going to be working all weekend and, and well into the night. So it's worth it. And other times you felt like, I don't know if anybody really loves it. And there's, you know, we're, I'm going to keep going on it because I'm being asked to, mm -hmm. but you, you just felt like you know, it, you were just work doing that every single week. And if you felt like this really doesn't have a chance, it was just, it was, it was brutal because it wasn't like death. It was like, you know, you're, you're still doing it 
uh, knowing that there's, there's no chance. It's just, it's the work without the reward, I guess. Um, and routinely I'd have people in my office, you know, breaking down in tears saying, I can't do this anymore. Um, you know, it, it, it definitely became, um, part work, part therapy, you know, going into the later rounds of, uh, whether we were launching Mac and PC or whether we were launching the, the first iPhone or the first iPad, it was just like, there was so much lead up and rightfully so to a certain extent from, from Apple's perspective, you know, these are big products, um, you know, big industry changing, um, things that require, you know, you know, you're, you're carrying on a, a, a company's legacy of, of incredible ads, um, you know, that drive culture and drive sales and you just, you, everything, whatever you did had to live up to that. Um, but it was not healthy. No. That's fair. And lessons going forward. It's not that, you know, we just complain about the golden days, but, uh, I think it is, I like your advice of just trying to understand the situation of the individual and try and help create the right environment so that you can still have great ideas and we can still thrive without having to have all the negative, um, you know, battling it out over concepts and, and things that we, that we went through in the past. I think that's super valuable. As, as we close up here, I'm just curious if you have any other last advice on, you know, how to become a better creative leader, how, whether it's a tip from your book or just things that you in general, we've talked about environment and understanding the person we've talked about, you know, how to get past mm -hmm. ego, but anything else that's uh, good yeah. insight? I think we need to give more permission to not become a leader. Mm. Um, I think, I think that too often, I think people feel like the necessary um, route they have to take is, is through leadership in order to survive, in order to make more money, in order to, you know, um, uh, just last. Um, and, and I think we need to give more permission to people to say, to, to find an alternate route to keep creating if that's what, if that's where their heart is. Um, and, and so I think that's, that's a, that's one part of it that I, that I feel is necessary. Well, that's awesome. I, in fact, you brought that up early in the beginning and I, I was going to re respond to that, that it's like, I've had that conversation with so many people where they're like, uh, I see everyone else becoming an ACD and I guess I need to do that. Or it's my turn to do that. What do I do? And it's not necessarily the right answer. It's so funny. The lesson I learned once from a group of developers, I was at a conference and it was a room full of developers and a, a woman got up the front and said, all right, who wants to be a manager? And one hand in the entire audience went up and I thought, what's going on here? Cause if I were in a creative group, it's like, who wants to be the creative director? Every hand is going to go up like me, 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 me. I want to be in charge. Right. And so there, there is some truth to that. We actually did a survey with creative leaders this last fall. And it's interesting to see how like a third of them after they reach like ECD, just finally realize they want to go back and just do the craft. And so they go back and just do freelance. So it's totally fine. I think there are more and more career paths now that you can still stay a senior creative and get paid great and have a great career and not have to go into management and be a creative director. I think that's totally viable. I, yeah, wholeheartedly agree. Um, uh, it, it's still a difficult discussion to have, you know, with, with someone who doesn't, who doesn't quite know what they don't know. Um, and, uh, in fact, I'm having that conversation with a friend right now who, who is really feeling like he is at a CD level and he wants to, he's getting offers to become an ECD and with executive creative director. And, and, you know, he's, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to tell him about, you know, you really have to embrace 
you know, all facets of this, you know, a, a lot, a lot more management and a lot more of, of that side of things, a lot of, you know, dealing with, you know, leadership across different groups, um, really getting into the company culture, uh, and, and you have to embrace that. And, um, you know, he's someone that, that's been a long time being a, a freelance person where, you know, the life of a freelancer is, is you don't have to be in a company culture and you don't have to do any of, of the, the more officious bureaucratic stuff. You really just get to do your craft, you know, you slide it under the door and you're done and yeah. it's on to the next thing. And, and it's, it's, it's so different. And, and I, I'm, you know, I'm probably over concerned that he does the right thing for him. Um, you know, and, and of course, you know, the instincts he's, he's concerned about the money and, and yeah. you know, that title that doesn't come around very often. So. But there's, you're right though, with it, there's more to it than just title and sometimes money. I don't think that's always true, but it's your happiness, your quality of life. I mean, 100%. if you, if when I've talked, I remember talking with this one person who was, thinking that he needed to make that jump. And I just said, let me talk about the real life of a, of a creative director or creative leader. Like I'm dealing with finance all the time. I'm dealing with me. I'm in meetings all day. That's all I do are just meetings. And it's talking through all those things you talk about, the bureaucracy, the culture, the, you know, hiring the it's all these other stuff. That's not the craft. So if you love, love, love the craft, don't give that up. If that's what drives you and makes you happy. Right. Right. When you say it, it's so motivating. You have a a way, a, a way about you that (laughs) <laughs> it's so good that's just having had that conversation too many times and i'm like yeah yeah it's okay I feel like i feel like you've had that conversation a few times <laughs> just the way you said that oh that's awesome well okay that's a good thing to end on don't okay. give yourself space go for what you love go for what you're passionate about you know life is too short i think you know the lessons we also learned from that research is that so many creative leaders and i say this out of both sides of my mouth because I want more people to become creative leaders. I want more people to push the top. I want more people to make an impact on our industry and to drive it in new ways. Absolutely. But there are a lot of them that, you know, realize they've just chosen the wrong thing and they get burned out and are unhappy. So pick what's right for you. If that's being a creative freelancer, awesome. You know, learn to make the right amount of money and make a good living out of it and be happy. I think that's an awesome choice. Thank you, Jason. This has been a a wonderful conversation. I definitely am more pumped about just really considering my own personal career or, you know, my, my highs and lows and my egos and and some of the great advice you've given us. So thank you. Thank you for being on the show here with us today. Great. Let's do a follow-up and we'll do, it'll, it'll be more focused on you and your goals and we'll, we'll figure it out. (laughs) I would love it. We do that (laughs) later. This is great. We don't even have to record it. (laughs) No, thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. Thank thank you for having me on and, and let me talk your ear off. Oh, you bet. Well, thank you everyone else also for for listening to us. Uh, As always, you can find us here at realcreativeleadership.com. We've got a full catalog of past shows that you can can check out. Also, you know, if if you like this, uh, there are other shows on YouTube. We've been posting them all there and there's a a great following on YouTube. So feel free to join us. Um, You can also email the site, ask a question or for a future topic if you'd like to, or follow us on the social channels and and get engaged there. We'd really appreciate uh, any involvement that you give us. As always, you can find me at adamwmorgan.com and you can learn more about the Stoke Group. They're the ones producing this show at thestokegroup.com. They're a a digital marketing agency. We appreciate their help. And Jason, where can people find you if they wanna follow up or just 
follow your career or ask you a question, where, what are your uh, locations? I'm at 3930. Oh, not- <laughs> digital, digital, uh, digital. Uh, I, I think I just changed my Twitter handle to that Sperling. Um, and then, yeah, LinkedIn is my name. Uh, and, um, and the book is on Amazon. It's called Creative Directions, um, Mastering the Transition from Talent to Leader. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. I was going to bring it up. How do we find your book? Where do we get it? Make sure people out there read it. And especially those who are at that chasm trying to make the leap. I think this would be a phenomenal a phenomenal read. So thank you so much for writing that. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. All right. Well, there you go. Thanks for joining us. The Big Ask again, leave a comment, uh, like or share any of the episodes, post a comment or question on social media. We, we appreciate your engagement and thank all those who have engaged so far. Thanks again, Jason, for being on the show and we'll see you at our next episode. Thanks for listening to Real Creative Leadership. I'm your host, Adam Morgan. And this series was brought to you by The Stoke Group. For the most effective marketing, use both sides of your brain to align your strategy, creative, execution, and analysis. Connect with the Stoke Group for help designing each step of your marketing plan and creating a coherent vision. Visit thestokegroup.com to learn more.